Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor here at Renewal Church of Chicago, and I'm happy that you joined us this morning. If you're new, I'm sorry that I'm missing you guys, but I'm on my vacation slash study leave getting prepared for this fall, and I can't wait to share with you all the things that God is doing in and through my soul and all the things we have to look forward to here at Renewal Church this fall. But before we get to that, today I got a special treat for you guys, y'all. You guys know this brother. He's been on stage before us before, whether he's hosting or he may even be giving you a job to do on Sunday morning. His name is Dan Hansons. He's the director of operations here at Renewal Church Chicago. And I can't tell you how thankful I am for this brother. If it wasn't for him, guys, I'd be out here losing my head. But he takes things out of my head and he implements them and he gets it done. He keeps this church going forward. And today he gets to preach for you guys. But what you didn't know, as he's learning this new job of director operations right now, I I've been putting him through a preaching cohort. Yeah, I've been working him hard, y'all. He's had to preach a five minute, a 10 minute, a 15 minute, and a 20 minute sermon, all different genres, a Psalm, an Old Testament narrative, a gospel, and a, an epistle from Paul. And today you guys get to hear him preach a 20 minute message before you guys. And I can't wait to hear what God does in and through this message for you guys. And I just can't wait to hear this brother preach. So without further ado, won't you just put your hands together with me as he comes to the stage. Good morning, Renewal. Welcome, welcome. So welcome to Renewal, guys. My name is Dan Hanson. I serve as the Director of Operations here. Um, and one of the perks about having this job is that I get to spend so much time with Pastor Derek. You know, a lot of my days is just filled with hanging out with him, meeting with him, and it's just a really big blessing for me. And I just want to thank him for that preaching cohort that he talked about, for really investing in me, spending time with me, um, and just helping me work on my preaching in a lot of ways. And I also wanted to thank you guys as well. Um, I think I started coming to Renewal about last January. I came on staff full-time in June. Um, and whenever and my friends ask me what I like most about this church, it's definitely by far the people. Right? I love this church family. I love how welcoming you guys are. And I love really what God is doing through this church. So I also want to welcome all the kids. You know, it's good to see some new faces. I don't always get to interact with the children. So it's always good to see them out for this children's Sunday that we have here today. So today we're going to be looking at the book of Colossians. Now, Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul wrote a lot of letters in the New Testament. He was one of the primary authors for what we have in our Bibles today. And very often, the reason Paul wrote letters is because the church that he's writing to has some kind of problem. It's not just a, you know, hey, hello, these are corrective letters. And Paul very often follows some kind of a pattern. He basically, you know, points out what, what's wrong, tells them why it's wrong, talks about how they're supposed to fix it, what the real solution is, and then some practical, applicable ways that they're going to live out the new reality that comes because of the life, death, and resurrections of Jesus Christ. So in Colossians, what we're going to be looking at is in the first two chapters, he's kind of done all that beginning part. He's kind of dispelled some of the false teachings that were going on in the church. He's, you know, worked through a lot of that. Colossians chapter 3 is where we're going to be spending our time today, and this is going to start looking at the practical steps. What's, what do we do differently in our lives because of the resurrection of Jesus? So today we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 1, and 1 through 11. So when you have that, if you are able to, would you please stand on your feet as we read the Word of God? That is Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And that passage reads like this. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are, that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetedness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. The very words of God. Amen? So today we're going to be speaking on the topic of setting your mind on Christ. Setting your mind on Christ. You guys can have a seat. So one thing that I absolutely love to do is watch television. Now, that may not be a big revelation or anything like that, but TV for me is really the way that I wind down, right? If I really need to veg out, relax after a long day or a long week, television is really where I go to to be able to do that. Now, most of the time, this is pretty casual. You know, I'll watch an episode or two, something like that. But every now and then, something really grips me. This TV show I just get really, really into. And the TV show that I think I got obsessed with the most among anything in my life was the TV show Lost. Is there anybody else out there who really loved Lost? All right. I'm, I'm marking you down so we can talk about this afterwards as well, okay? So I actually got into Lost pretty late. It was probably about a month or two before the entire series ended is when I started watching Lost. So I, I had to watch it mostly on Netflix. So I started out in season one, episode one on Netflix. And I just instantly fell in love, right? I love the plot line, all the twists and turns it took. I love the characters. My favorite character by far, still to this day, is John Locke. Even when he gets a little crazy for a little while, I still really love that character of John Locke. And I think what made it so easy to binge through Netflix is every single episode ended with this big cliffhanger, right? It would just all of a sudden end, and you just had to know what was going on next. And so while I was watching on Netflix, I'd be able to just watch the next episode right away. That's what made these shows so easy to just binge through. There was too many times where it would be late at night and I'd start doing that mental math in my head where I'd try to figure out how much sleep I would get if I just watched one more episode where you're like, okay, 43 minutes, that would give me seven hours of sleep. I can handle seven hours. Like, I may be a little bit of a zombie. Eight hours is better, but I can handle seven hours. So you watch an episode and you're like, okay, I'm really tired, but I kind of want to know what happens. And you're sitting there deliberating and then you see that that little clock at Netflix has reached zero and then all of a sudden the next episode's going like, well, looks like that decision's made for me. I guess I'm staying, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be tired all day tomorrow, right? So I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had that happen to them. So, so I loved watching Lost, but what I found is that when I wasn't watching Lost, I started to think about the show other places. Right? So I'd be riding the bus and like, some of the plot points would just start coming up and I'd try to analyze what different people said. I'd think through some of the characters to try to see, okay, what's going on in that character's mind to see what's really happening? I used to think about a loss a lot right before I went to bed and it actually ended up happening that I actually had a few dreams that were inspired by the TV show Lost and you have never been so scared when you wake up after being chased by this giant cloud of black smoke. It is absolutely terrifying if you guys haven't seen the show. Now, that was never my intention, right? I didn't mean for that to happen. Lost was a big show, it got a lot of fanfare, I really wanted to watch it. When I was sitting there watching it, I got really excited, I really loved watching it, but I didn't mean to spend so much time outside of my living room thinking about Lost. 
right? It got really annoying when I'd be sitting there with one of my friends and they were telling a story and I realized that I wasn't paying any attention at all because I was kind of like going over the plot line of Lost. This was kind of a big problem. That wasn't my intention. See, what I found is that what I was intentionally setting my focus on ended up seeping into the rest of my life, right? I spent so much time watching Lost, it was inevitable that I was going to start thinking about Lost outside of that. So what we see is that what we decide to spend our focus on, what we choose to spend our free time, is going to impact our lives in ways we may not expect it to. And this definitely for me happens in TV shows, but I think it goes well beyond that. I think this can happen with anything that we spend our time thinking about. So if we decide to spend a lot of our time thinking about money, for example, so if you spend your free time going over spreadsheets trying to figure out how you're going to get that really big house or go on that big grand vacation somewhere, you're going to approach your job in a different way, right? You're not going to do it as a celebration. You're just going to think about how much you deserve that raise. And then when your friend or your coworker gets promoted, you don't celebrate with them. You get jealous, right? You get offended. You feel slighted that that wasn't given to you and that it was given to somebody else. If you spend your evenings watching pornography, you're just going to start looking at that woman on the bus in a different way than you did before. If you spend your Saturday afternoons flipping through wedding catalogs and you're not even dating someone, every guy you go up and meet, you're just going to go about with a different mentality. The way we choose to spend our free time, the things we put our focus on, it changes the way we live our lives. It changes where our focus lies. Now, I think the good news here is that is our choice. What we choose to spend our time on, where we put our focus, that's something we have the ability to decide what to do. We can spend it watching Lost, you can spend our free time focusing on that way, or we can spend our time on other things. We can put our focus on God, we can put our focus on things above. If you still have your Bible open, let's look at verse 2. It says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. So Paul here is telling us to put our minds on Jesus. You see, when we set our minds on Christ, it's going to, you know, the idea of Christ is going to impact our daily life. It's going to change the way we do things. And we do this really by setting time in our schedules to just focus on Jesus. For me, this is in the morning. It doesn't have to be then. It can be whenever you work. But I just spend some time in prayer. I spend some time reading some scripture. It's nothing fancy. It's nothing complicated. It's just a time in my day where I decide I'm going to set my focus on Jesus. And when we do this throughout our days, what we see is the rest of our lives slowly begins to be impacted. We start seeing the world in a different way than we did before. So when we walk by a homeless guy on the street, we stop seeing them as burdens. We stop seeing them as someone who must have just made a lot of terrible life decisions. And we start seeing them as someone that God loves as much as he loves you and I. When we start to put our focus on Jesus, we're just going to deal with our coworkers in a different way. We're going to be able to handle bad news differently when we set our focus on Jesus. When we set our focus on Jesus, it changes the way we see the world. Now, I want to be very clear here. Daily Bible reading and prayer, it's good. It's something as Christians we are called to do, but it's not a cure-all either. That's not going to solve all of our problems. The passage goes on and tells us in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. You see, we need to make choices in our lives on how we're going to go about doing these things. Paul is saying we need to put to death earthly things. Now, I became a Christian a little later in life. I was 28 years old when I you know, became a Christian. And before that, the way I lived my life, the way I chose to do things, very much aligned itself with culture. And the culture of 20-somethings in Chicago, Illinois, really revolved around the party scene. Right? So I went, a lot, uh, went out a lot to places like Wrigleyville or dance clubs. 
Really, alcohol was a big part of my social scene. It was a big part of my life. Now, after I came to faith, a few months after that, I went to a party, and to be completely honest, I did some things I'm not real proud of. And the next morning, I remember laying in bed, just kind of thinking through a lot of the things I had done, some of those things that I had said, some of the things that I regretted, and I just realized that what I had been doing wasn't honoring to God in any way. I really just started working through what it would look like to truly follow who God is. And as I sat there, I realized that I may need to make a choice. See, I'm not the kind of guy who is big on self-control. I'm not someone who can have one or two drinks on a Saturday night. That may be my intention, but that just never ended up happening. I'd always end up having eight or nine or even more. Something about myself, something I've learned throughout my life that is just true about who I am as a person. So for me, being able to change this was going to be a big decision. See, I can be a really shy and introverted kind of guy, and a lot of my social life revolved around alcohol. So if I decided I wasn't going to drink anymore, what was I going to do on Friday nights? You know, when I met somebody that I wanted to be friends with, I'd ask, ask them out for a beer. The vast majority of my first dates were asking someone to have drinks after work so we could get to know each other. You see, so much of my social life revolved around alcohol that deciding to give up that piece of my life was going to be a very major decision. It was going to really impact my day-to-day -day life. But when I was laying there in bed the night after that party, I realized that for me to follow Jesus, that was a step I was going to have to take. And so, really, just by the grace of God, it's been over five years since I've drank alcohol. Thank you. So, Jesus speaks on a similar subject in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He says, If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. So, Jesus here tells us we have to tear out our eye. Paul tells us that we have to put it to death. Guys, this is violent language. This is harsh. It makes us uncomfortable even to read something like this because major changes in our lives are not easy. To put to death what is earthly in us may require us making a major change in our life. We may have to change something drastic. It may mean that you give up something you've been doing for an extremely long time that you don't know how you're going to get by without. It might mean that you have to say goodbye to some friends you've known since childhood. It may mean that you have to work up the courage and go up to a person and say, I'm sorry, and ask for their forgiveness. You see, killing the earthly things, putting to death what is earthly within us, it's difficult and it's really hard, but it's something as Christians we are called to do. Now, I also want to be clear on one thing. I did decide to make a choice in my life. I decided to put that part of my life to death, but I already told you guys, I really lack self-control. That's not something I could do on my own. I needed help in that. See, I think it's really easy for Christians to fall into a trap. I think it's really easy to have too small a view of who Jesus is, too small a view of what Jesus did on the cross. You see, I think when we think about what the gospel means, we sometimes stop short. So if you were to ask me what the gospel is, I may say that Jesus Christ died for my sins so that I may have eternal life. And that is true, and it is beautiful. It's amazing. If that's all the gospel was, guys, it would be enough for us to celebrate every single day of our life. It's an amazing truth about what Jesus did. But you see, that's not all Jesus did. That's not all the cross means for us. Jesus did die so that we may one, go to, one day go to heaven, we may one day get to meet 
uh, our Savior. But that's not all. You, you see, I think we can rely on Jesus to get to heaven, but then try to fix our lives on our own. I think sometimes we can rely on Jesus for our salvation, but decide that it's our job to fix ourselves here and now. I want to tell you the gift that Jesus offers is eternal life, but it's more than that. It's a new life here today on earth. When we look down at verse 10, it tells us that we put on a new self, and that new self is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. You see, God not only wants to give you eternal life, he not only wants to do that, but he also wants to renew you today. He wants to grow who you are. He wants to make you more into his image. He wants to make you more like his son. God wants to make us more like Jesus. See, when we have a small view of the cross, we can decide that we're just going to handle all this on our own. I think the American attitude is this can-do attitude, right? If I work really hard, I'll get what I want, right? I can do anything if I put my mind to it. Hard work, more self-discipline, that's how I get better in life. That's how I improve myself. There's something I need to change. It's really through that, my own efforts, that that's going to happen in. So if you're a follower of Jesus, I just want to tell you that's a trap that we just can't let ourselves fall into. You see, the solution to our problems, it's not more work. It's not more self-discipline. Right? You see, the work to change your life here and now today, guys, it's already been done. See, it happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth. He became man. He lived a life that I couldn't live, a sinless, perfect life. Then one day he got up on a cross with nails between both his hands and both his feet. He died on that cross. He was buried in a tomb, and three days later he rose again so that we may have eternal life, but that we may also have a new life renewed here and now today. You see, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's all-encompassing. It's not just some future thing that we hope for. It is that, but it's also a new life here and now, today. See, we need to have a big view of the cross. We need to have a big view of the work that Jesus Christ, we need to have a big view of the gift that God gives us through the death of his son. See, when we set our focus on Jesus, Jesus starts to seep into the rest of our lives. The things we used to struggle with, Jesus begins to work out. He begins to solve. When we decide to put to death those things that are earthly in us, our lives begin to change in ways we never really thought possible. So I want to invite the band back up to the stage, and I want you to spend a moment now and just think about your life. Right? Think about that thing in your life that somehow just keeps coming back up. Right? That thing you know shouldn't be there, but for some reason is always kind of hanging around. And guys, I want you to invite you right now, put that to death. Right? Put your faith in Jesus. Let him take that burden away from you so that you may come into a better relationship with him. Guys, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you're struggling with something like this, guys, I want to invite you. Maybe today's the day that you're going to decide to make Jesus your savior. Maybe you can ask him today to be a part of your life to help you with this and put an end to those parts of your life you may, you know, really shouldn't be there. So would you guys bow your heads as we pray?